And hello, friends, and welcome back to the Wrestling Podcast. That's wrestling, but W R S T L I N G. It's all of the grats, but without the E. And of course, me and G, we're not anti. We're simply pro wrestling. My name is Liam. This guy is Gareth. Hey. And today, folks, we are taking a whistle stop tour around the wrestling world. Feels like it's been time since we've caught up. So yes. plenty of goings on to discuss, debate, and deliberate on. G got loads to talk about here where do you want to start my friend should we um should we touch on this whole forbidden door thing first yeah yeah let's let's jump in there you know because we i think before before you uh were stricken we had planned to uh do a little overview of uh, of the event as a whole indeed indeed and now you can just read my thoughts in inside the ropes magazine next month instead so give it all away for free here yeah so overall thoughts on the show yeah i really enjoyed it i think it delivered i think the the build you know was obviously marred with injuries on that road so i think a lot of my understanding is a lot of what maybe was initially planned uh, fell by the wayside but i still mm. think on the night it um you know delivered and then some you know not not a bad match on the show yeah, yeah. just really fun how about you what were your takeaways yeah i think um I think the phrase I used at the beginning of my review was it'll be all right on the night. And that was kind of it. You know, the, the, the build was imperfect. I think um, not necessarily their fault. Some of it was some, some own goals. I would say, I do think AEW would needs to do a better job at introducing people. Yeah, um, sure. I, I don't, I like that they don't spoon feed things, but I think the further we go down the track, you know, in terms of prominence of the athletes they're bringing in, the more the time they should dedicate to this, you know, mm. simply having Excalibur run through their their achievements, yeah. you know, real quick at, on commentary, I don't think quite does them justice. Yeah. Um, and, you know, same goes for what they're doing with Ring of Honor, mm. you know, have, has the AEW audience really been told about Jonathan Gresham and who he is and how great he is and, you know, that... The reason why I take an interest in this is because, as you know, but other people don't necessarily know, is that I watch AEW with somebody who's never watched any other wrestling. His first exposure to wrestling was the first episode of AEW. He thoroughly enjoyed it, and we've watched it every week since. So, Tony Khan, I have what you want. I have a casual fan. Um, and it's interesting to get his take on it. And sometimes he's like, right, so who's this? And, you know, he's literally looking at me, for guidance because he's not getting it on mm. the screen yeah so, so if know. he was just sat there on his own he'd just be like shrug okay emoji you know, this guy looks all right um yeah you know i just think that's something that they could probably divert a little bit more attention mm. to and it, and it would add value just some little um, like read- 30 second pre-records or something just giving you a very quick here's this guy this is why they're important yeah definitely i think i read somewhere ages ago now that they were purposely shying away from doing video packages because the data showed that you know people would change the ch- change the channel during a video package, yeah. which I find really odd because I like those personally. Yeah. But you know, it, you know, if that's what the data was showing, but I wonder if that's partly why. But there's other ways you could do it. Sure. Um, as you even say, just like, like picture in picture, like while someone's making their entrance, have a little pop up, little promo that gives you an idea of who they are, or you know. Yeah, just something like that. But anyway, with that aside, and I do think. Um, you, you kind of got the value of Jim Ross in the build-up to mm. this because, you know, when Jim Ross likes someone, he really likes someone. And you as an audience member go, oh, okay, this guy must be really good then if mm. if old 
grumpy guts is that my go <laughs> you know like it's you know so you know osprey obviously got the, the the gold treatment tanahashi did okada did you know when those guys came out you know good old jr really did you know wind back the years and did a very good job of making them feel important mm. but you know for, for other folks like our uh, you know, two of our favorites, Nozzy Open. I didn't really feel like they got the benefit of, you know, a proper introduction or, you know, I, I they were just the guys that were with Osprey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're actually one of, if not the best tag team on the entire planet. And I felt like that could have been emphasized a bit more. Yeah, I, I really wish they'd got a match on Vindor, to be honest. Me too, me too. But anyway, th- that said, the, the card itself was bananas you know the the whole thing was brilliant there was as you say there wasn't a bad match i wouldn't yeah, really I, say you know, there was I, even I felt anything old, dip to average i felt for poor old adam cole obviously you know the, the finish to the title match was a little bit sort of a lack lackluster there the iwgp heavyweight title match yes it was a indeed, shame yeah what my big take home from that one was just how much of a star hangman is mm. but if you were worried about his prospects post title reign you know, seeing him in there with Okada, he felt like a big deal. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, he felt equal to or perhaps greater than in some cases. And yeah, I was I was quite blown away by that. Yeah. But yeah, it was really good. I, I actually, I really felt for Thunder Rose and Tony Storm because I thought they had a really good match, but they were slight victims of circumstance here. I think being the sole women's match on this card made it very difficult for them um mm-hmm. and also just the placement as well like yeah. you know put them on second or something you know like sure. not kind of sandwiched in between yeah didn't, the... didn't do them any favors i don't think it really helped them i mean it's yeah. a real shame because it was a very good match I, fortunately i don't think their story's done no but you know i'm excited by the prospect of stardom potentially being involved next yeah. year i think that will help you know, make it a bit more equal mm. and, you know, yeah, like give that me, proper this, spread of wrestling. For me, this felt like almost like proof of concept, showing it it can work, it does work, people are there for it, and then maybe next year they'll have better luck and be able to put sort of, you know, their ideal foot forward. Yeah, but, you know, the, the interesting thing about this is the amount of dry powder they still have left over. Mm. You know, that was a big, big event, massive show, but there was no CM Punk, there was no Danielson, there was no Omega, there was no Naito, there was no yeah. Bushi. These are huge names, you know? So, you know, and and Romeo, obviously had to get well. pulled off the card, you know? Absolutely, yeah. So there's an awful lot left on the table that yeah, hasn't been touched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, in that regard, it's, it's pretty exciting that it's done so well and they can come back next year and bring some of those guys yeah. and it can be even bigger. So, yeah, I think thumbs up around... I absolutely adored Shibata popping up. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. A real nice like, it always feels like it's a moment, isn't it, when he when he turns up? So that's that's amazing. So yeah, job well done for me. I thought on the night it was a is a top draw card, one of the best, if not the best, that we'll see all year. I think actually. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no, I don't I don't disagree. And I think staying with um, New Japan, how about the uh, the G one? Just got off to yeah, its um, start as well. Um, absolutely yeah i got a bit of catching up to do but uh, i'm hearing good things so far have you watched yeah, it yet? yeah same so i've i've you know just before we came on the call i was um i was watching watching some one of my sort of takeaways so far is i just i can't believe you had aaron hanare going over tanahashi oh my word well i mean it 
this sort of thing has a, a precedent in the G1, isn't it? Yeah. With, you know, a big okay. name losing early. But, I mean, it didn't feel good or right to anybody, surely. <laughs> Did it feel good for Aaron Hanari? I'm not sure, you know? Yeah. Oh, Ta- man. Time will but, tell. You know, time will tell. We'll you know, see. I'll be to see uh, what his performances are like going forward. But, you know, I, th- I thought he looked good. Oh, he's not bad by any stretch. No, he's, he's definitely good, but it's, it's, it's just... Tanahashi. Yeah. Um, it just, it just I don't know, man. A, if this it just on. leaves me feeling a bit sad to sort of see him, yeah, just not uh standing tall playing air guitar. Well, this is it. And actually, just to link back to the previous conversation, you know, if you want a textbook performance um of a baby face to refer to, that was the one, you know, Tanahashi versus Moxley. That was a partisan Moxley crowd at the start of that match and by the end they were all cheering for Tanahashi and desperate for him to win. What a guy. And actually, and I watched it and I was thinking, look, you know, Tana winning is wildest dream stuff. There's no real logical foundation for this because he's got to go do the G1. They can't be about a champion. You know, the whole point of this is that they have a champion. Yeah, yeah, you can't just disappear Um, at all. So it doesn't make any sense. But man, when he hit that high fly flow... (laughs) I believe for a second. Oh my God. Um, So that was great. What a guy. Yeah. Um, I I don't think we've talked about it, but what, what do you make of the four block system this year for the G1? Yeah. um, No, no problem with it. To be honest with you. I'm intrigued to see how it plays out, but I don't have an issue. Yeah. I I didn't feel strongly. They're seemingly doing certainly early doors. They're doing one block match each a night. Yeah. It's different. And I, I think you'll, it's, it's probably a conversation, it, it, it'll be a different conversation yeah. in a couple of weeks. I, yeah, I'd like know, to have this conversation again in sort of mid-August, you know, like yeah, as, as we're nearing yeah. the end of the, as we're nearing the end of the tournament, like, has this been a success? Is this something we want them to, to repeat? You know, just I do, one of the things that New Japan does is it doesn't shy away from taking risks, you know, like extending, mm-hmm. you know, having, moving to two nights of, Wrestle Kingdom and then effectively three this year and you know they're, yeah, they're yeah, taking yeah. sort of big chances and not keeping things the there's nothing sacred you know like they're happily they're happy to sort of you know go right we're gonna change this up yeah I mean uh, no I agree and yeah you can make the argument that maybe they're, they're a little bit too loose with their traditions you know with the with the the new title and stuff like that depending on how you feel about feel about that but no I agree and it's it's worth trying stuff. I'm, I guess the thing I'm really interested in here is one of the one of the uh, joys of the G1 beyond the the match quality of the tournament itself. I think are the way the tags interact with the tournament. So mm. you know you use these tag matches to set up a little story for the actual match. And I always love that because it's dead simple. You know, yeah. oh you know, Juice versus whoever and juice hurts his leg and that plays into the match and then you know and i like these little stories and the way that they're peppered throughout so does this format interfere with how that goes is it too blended as a result does it Mm. become a bit of a hodgepodge um that that is a concern and i'll be intrigued to see how that plays out but yeah on the face of it sure why not let's see Uh, yeah i'm definitely intrigued by it what's your What's your preference or what's your okay, what's your preference and what's your actual gut feeling in terms of who's gonna win, bearing in mind how drastically wrong we've been about yeah, we, we don't have, have a major tournament. We have a pretty poor track record here, yeah. You know what? I'm really I do not know for the life of me. 
I think this is a hard one. It could do with being somebody a bit out of left field. Like I'm not saying it needs to be maybe someone that hasn't won a G1 before. Um, I think would be nice. But again, I'm probably going to be like way off, and it's you know Tanahashi comes back and wins his. What was it? What would it be like? Fourth, fifth G G one. Well, so look, I'm actually I'm I'm of the opposite opinion. I actually that's what I want to happen. I want Tanahashi to win this. I just I don't know. It it still feels relatively fresh to me because although he has had the old title match here and there, he's not pushed to the same level that he used to be. Mm. And I just feel like he he could be. You know, he could be a Tanahashi Moxley rematch, a Tanahashi Okada match at um, Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know. I know we've seen these things before. Do that, you know. Like, yeah, I would, I would like to see it again. Because you know, it it's like a, it's like a movie. Like, you know, I know how this movie goes. Yeah, but I just enjoy it, and I want to watch it again. So that's that's kind of how I feel about it. Just, just from the sort of commentary, it does feel like they're framing him as like having, you know, he's getting older and he's inconsistent now. Like he can still like shine as brightly as ever on certain nights, you know, and be the Tanahashi of days gone by. But then there's nights like night one of the G1 where he falls to Hanare, you know, like somebody making their debut in the G1, you know, but like he'll likely turn it around and, you know, go on a sort of kill, <laughs> killing spree on the back end. Yeah, I kind of like that though, because you, you get that in other sports as well, where, you know, somebody's a, an absolute murderer or a team absolutely killing it. And then they have a, you know, midweek game against a lower ranked team or something like that. And they shit the bed, you know, because it, I, presumably it's harder to get up for or whatever. There's just something that happens and yeah. it, it, it all of a sudden you're like, why did you lose to them? You know, as a Chelsea fan, I'm all too familiar with this <laughs> sensation. So <laughs> I just, I just avoid um, this by not being a fan of any uh, real sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's why your emotions are intact. Um, <laughs> but yet you're unable to feel. Um, yeah, that's it. There we go. But yeah, look, man, I'd be, I'd be up for somebody new winning. I don't know who that is is at this stage mm. um one thing i do really support is this whole el fantasma run yeah you know popping up into the heavyweight scene he's been a lot of fun this year and i like this story and i'm intrigued to see where it goes you know and i don't obviously he's not going to win it i wouldn't have thought but if he has a good showing here i think that'd be great yeah. and they clearly have a lot of faith in him which is exciting just don't leave your can of red bull <laughs> anywhere in the vicinity of the man um, but beyond that, he has my full support. Bad, bad man. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to see where this one goes. I think it's just fun going along for the ride. And just obviously the match quality of G1 is just bonkers. Yeah, this is it. That's it. That's what you come for, isn't it? And I love seeing, I'm really pleased that Filthy Tom Lawler's there. Yeah. I rate him a lot. He's been brilliant on Strong. So yeah, really cool. Nice. Um, yeah, nice for him, yeah. him to get that shot. Yeah. So yeah, looking forward to seeing how the... Um, G1 plays out over the sort of next month. Indeed, absolutely. It is full on tournament season in Japan. And of course, we have the N1 Just victory to tournament um, in Noah. Yeah, about to about to kick off. And indeed, the five star GP in stardom as well. So yeah. it's all going a bit. <laughs> and then the yeah, other Tokyo Princess Cup. There are probably more. Uh, yeah. Well, there's the tournament going on zero one as well, isn't there? Which is nearly finished as well. Um, with uh, I, I, good old I Inamora looking, looking like a badass. We say it's tournament season quite a lot, but I just don't, I, I don't think the sun ever sets on tournament season. It's tournament season <laughs> somewhere year round. Yeah, it's like interview season. You know, did it ever really go? That's uh, 
It just sounds good, doesn't it? Anyway, let's let's touch on the N1 at the very least, because um, the the blocks were announced. Did you get a chance to have a look at look at those? Yeah, absolutely. What were your thoughts? Some great guys in there, and also just and some interesting surprises. Uh, yeah, couple <laughs> couple of random ones, which, are, yeah. which I'm intrigued by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pumped for Thatcher getting the nod there. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's, that's probably absolutely. like the the one kind of guy that I'm just excited to see him have all of these absolute bangers with some of the best heavyweights in the world. Oh man, yeah, because yeah, look who's in the block: Kojima, Kitamiya, Funaki, Kaito's in there, Nakajima's in there, Segura. That that'll be a banger. It's a crazy, crazy field. Yeah. But the other man in that block is somebody I'm not familiar with at all. No. Who's Jack Morris? I believe yeah. he's from Scotland. Actually, not familiar at all. No, like, total new one. I don't think he's been in Noah, has he? Or perhaps not, he has not. Not to the best of my knowledge. It, but, um, yeah, but yeah I just incredible. think it'd be really interesting. He's got sort of nothing to lose and everything to gain here. You know, could end up making a huge name for himself on the, you know, on the international scene here. Hell yeah. I kind of like it. Like a complete alternate, if you like. Yeah. Somebody that is not necessarily part of the established uh, roster. You know, and A-Block's got a bit of that as well. You know, Anthony Green was a surprise entrant yeah. for me. Again, they obviously see quite a lot in him. I haven't seen much of Anthony Green no, neither, um, neither. beyond a few bits and bobs on the on the on the big two. So I'd be intrigued to see what he brings to the table. Yeah. But what I really like is uh, El Hijo de Doctor Wagner Jr. Mm-hmm. is in the which literally that name encompasses every accent possible. Um, I think that's a really cool inclusion, and I'm intrigued to see him yeah. have you know lengthy singles matches because he's been doing a lot of tags. So yeah, lengthy it's, singles it's... matches. I think it's just a, a very fun collection of, of wrestlers here. Hell yeah. Um, Hell yeah. You know, I love that Kojima's sticking around. Me too. Because you know, yeah, that's the only like thing he was going to go. Is, you know, yeah, it sounded like he was going, you know, he obviously we've got a new champ, uh, Keno, which again, there's probably some uh, spontaneous combustion going on over at uh, Kickout 299 headquarters when that happened. Ah. Um, that's what that sound was. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, like dead excited for Keno to be back on top, and I hope he has a really lengthy reign. Um, Me too. Yeah. You know, just because yeah. the they kind of the belt's been bouncing around a fair bit now, so it'd be nice to have for it to have some stability with with Keno. I don't disagree. Yeah, I think it's been a bit too bouncy almost. Mm. Um, it's become a bit of a bit of a rubber belt this uh, this year, so it'd be nice for it to yeah just just settle. Yeah. And you know, Keno's got the wind behind his sails, isn't he? You know, he's the uh, he's the he's the man at the second. People yeah. are loving loving Keno, rightly so. So I'm I'm pumped for that. What I'm really intrigued with, and I'm obsessed with this match. So this will probably not come as a surprise. But Keno and Fujita are in the same block, mm-hmm. and after Fujita absolutely wiped the floor of him last time for the national, I'm really intrigued to see how that match yeah. goes this time around. Hundred percent. I think that's going to be um, really interesting to see how they how they how that plays out. How it plays out, yeah. No, it's going to be interesting. Love it. Okay, so that's the M one that's kicking off very soon. I'm sure we'll have some N one related content for you. Yeah, as well. fingers crossed. Uh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, the good folks in Noah are often very kind to us, so we can but hope. Let's talk about this um, Tokyo Joshi Pro tournament that's going on as well. Yeah, um, we've got the we got the Tokyo Princess Cup tournament. That is already underway. So I liked the field as it stood. Yeah. Uh, not 
a great deal of surprises, but that's yeah. absolutely fine. And a little bit different but, to the other two tournaments we talked about, whereas this is a, a single elimination rather than a, a round robin. Indeed, yeah, absolutely. Um, did you have a chance to graze the uh, the participants and who, who do you think you would like to see versus right. who do you think will? You know, where we stand now recording on the 22nd of July, you know, a couple of key tournament matches on the horizon, probably the big one that jumps out, is Shoko Nakajima, the current champion, against Mizuki, who is the tournament killer. I think she's yeah. Oh man, Mizuki several is, times in a row. Mizuki's just the Tokyo Princess Cup. At yeah, this, point. this this tournament is her jam, without question. Yeah. So that's a really interesting matchup. Who goes forward there? Um, I would guess it's probably going to be Mizuki. Yeah. Um, because that well, sets up a couple but... of things, then, doesn't it? You know, because you can't, you know. Very rarely when a champ is in tournaments like this, do they they win the thing? Because the winner usually gets gets a shot. And then but also, you know, even if they get def- the person who defeats them uh on en route to however far they go, will is usually due a shot themselves. So it sets up, you know, a couple of different title matches. Exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a plot device, isn't it? You know, so it, it kind of see the you know, Mizuki takes her down or Probably uh, Miyu Watanabe in the, in the next round, potentially. Oh, don't tease me, Gareth. I, I mean, know, I, would, I, I would love it to be Miyu Watanabe who does yeah. that. And I would love it to be Miyu Watanabe who wins the whole thing. Just looking at the brackets here, there's just like some people that get like buys in certain rounds. I'm just like, why? Like, and there's seemingly like no rhyme or reason to <laughs> There probably is. We just, uh, we're just, um, Unaware. I guess if you if you're playing if you're paying closer attention, you probably know why. But yeah, I don't, I certainly don't. But yeah, I'm intrigued. I mean, you know, on the other side, I would assume we're heading. It appears we're heading towards a match between Hikari Noah and Yuka Sakazaki. Mm-hmm. That should be a banger. I mean, I really like Suzumi, and I would like to see her go a bit further. But I suspect it will be Rika Tatsumi from that quadrant. Of yeah. The so yeah, I. I tell you what, like looking at this, I don't know who I think could really use the victory. I think would be great as I'd, I would love for Hikari Noah to win the whole tournament because it feels like she's floundered a little bit since she dropped the international princess title. Yeah. And she was feeling like a big deal. Yeah. Um, and, we're certainly on her way to it. You know, and she's, I think that'd be, a, I think that'd be a really good title match as well. Uh, Shoko Nakajima against Hikari Noah would be damn good. But, you know, you've got the uh, the Tokyo Joshi kind of favourites, you know, the people that sort of tend to be in perpetually in the sort of title scene in, in, you know, she's got Yuka to get through. And then, you know, chances are it's probably Rika Tatsumi as well, you know, another former Princess of Princess champion. And then it's me, you, and it's either Lizzie and yeah. then we're, we're back to back to square one. I mean, yeah. look, it's, it's going to be good. No doubt about it. The matches will be great. But I know... I, we are not alone in wanting Tokyo Joshi Pro to be a little bit more aggressive with their star making mm. and perhaps, perhaps, you know, give somebody else the opportunity to at least make it to the finals or indeed win the thing. That would be nice, but, um, you know, at least get to the final. And yeah, what you see here as well are people that are on that next tier that feel like they probably could go further. So, you know, yeah. Miyu, Suzumi, and Noah in particular, they definitely feel like they could easily ascend to that 
next tier. Give me an all up up girl final with Raku as special guest referee. Dude, do it. I'd love that. I would love that. That'd be amazing. But yeah, we, we shall see. And again, hopefully we'll get some some additional content on uh, the TPC for you as well. Um, let us know who you think is going to win it or who you give us. Let us know who you think is going to win it and then tell yeah. us who you want to win it as well, because those those two things are not always the same. Yeah, so I, I think for me, I would love I'm going to go out on a limb and say I want Noah to win. I think. Yeah, OK. I think it's probably going to be Mizuki again. <laughs> Oh god, they can't do it again, can they? I lo- I love Mizuki. She's great, and you know we've had the pleasure of speaking to her twice. I would say no, nothing bad about her, but I would I would love to see somebody time different winning time this to somebody time. else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, let's okay, see, okay. So the... who does your heart say, and who does your head say for this one? Heart says me Watanabe. Head says Rika Tatsumi. Yeah, that's an interesting. One, you know, considering she's just come off the title challenge at Summer Sun Princess to then sort of immediately yeah. put her back in the fold I wouldn't be surprised I don't think it's going to be Miu because I think she's off doing other things and I don't know I, I just can't fathom that they do Mizuki again mm. and then you could just have the big match at Cyber Fight Festival so you know you, you, you've got a degree of repetition one way or the other I yeah. just feel like Rika's probably the slightly fresher slightly fresher option. yeah yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's she it's just a tricky she needs one. to bring the gun from the uh, swimming pool match to the to the no next. more guns. <laughs> but in an ideal world, as you say, it's uh, an all up up girls final. Yeah. I'd be totally into that. Just for something completely um, different. Yeah, let's go. Let's freshen it up. Uh, sticking with Tokyo Joshi Pro, would be remiss if we didn't mention our our countrywoman, Alex Windsor. Yeah. Alex Windsor. <laughs> Poor. <Poppy. laughs> No. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Getting, she gave getting berated. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, you can't take us anywhere. The, the Brits go abroad. <laughs> Brits abroad, the, the, terrible. There's problems, problems. Um, but, you know, great for her. Fantastic. What yeah. an incredible year she's having. Just and what a match belts. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like really she's I feel bad for saying it, but I thought going in she didn't have a snowball's chance in hell of unseating Ito. I oh, thought, okay. You know, I I just thought like, oh, this is nice, you know, they're bringing an actual international person in to like challenge for belt. You know, I thought they were gonna kind of keep that on her for a good while moving forward. And you know, was so pleasantly surprised, you know, as much as I love Maki Ito, I perhaps have a deeper affection for Alex Windsor's, you know, being uh, you know, one of ours. Yeah, and yeah, 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 like what a what a fantastic sort of way to to debut in the promotion. Absolutely, and you know, for for those outside of the UK, I think it's fair to frame Alex Windsor as our number nine. Like she's our she's the first name on the on the team sheet for the UK at the second. It's probably her and Chris Ridgeway are the two that if you were like right, go on UK, put forward your yeah. your best to challenge the world. Those are probably the two I would suggest that you'd put forward, Ridgeway and Alex Windsor, at the moment as it stands. So it's awesome to see her being treated yeah. in in that regard. And she's, you know, she's a few belts away from an Ultimo Dragon picture. You know, <laughs> she's got so many domestic titles as well. Yeah. You know, Wrestle Carnival. She's got a Rev Pro belt. She's obviously won the She Won. It's all going on for Alex Windsor. Yeah, Incredible so, year. So she gets the next shot at the um, 
international title in Eve as well against uh, Laura Di Matteo off the uh, off the back of her win here as well. Keep it I going, do, keep it rolling. I, I do really feel for Alex though because her her gear didn't turn up, her gear didn't make it, so she had to go out and like just find some bits from commentary. It sounds like she was wearing Chris Brooks uh, boot covers and knee pads, you know, so a real <laughs> hodgepodge of uh, gear there. So you know, I think I she'll, she, yeah, I think she'll be looking quite a bit different next time she shows up well because she's got that badass um super saiyan gear isn't she mm. um which, which would have been awesome to see but yeah no look it's one of those things it's unfortunate but you know at the end of the day made the most of it and yeah. everybody was buzzing afterwards so yeah it's a job well done i'm intrigued to see when she's back i'd love it if she could stick around for you know a few shows that'd be definitely that'd be cool but you get the feeling that it could be a belt that exists in England for a while and yeah. people travel, you know, they have to, they have to wrestle away. People come it, here you know, and challenge gotta, for it. Yeah. 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 And well, you know, no bad thing. If it, brings, if it brings more uh, TJPW talent to the UK, I'm all for it. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. 100%. All right. Where should we go next? Oh, just one quick thing. Cause we touched on, uh, we touched on the G1 and, there was a, a comment made which sort of spread across those. I don't want to get into scandal too much, but obviously something a bit dodgy happened uh, in Noah, uh, leaving one of their, their international wrestlers to have to head home. And I just wondered, when did Jeff Cobb get so sassy? Because <laughs> like, like, we've had Jeff on the podcast. He's a very nice, quite yeah, a mild-mannered guy. Soft-spoken, sweet got, dude. He's got really sassy. <laughs> like, yeah, I think there's been... Making some, some quite barbed comments about that whole incident. I think um, there's been some heat it, there for uh, for quite some time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just... I saw the, the clip of him saying it. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> like, you know, from the sounds of things, it sounds like it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. <laughs> Ah, there you go. But yeah, I just, I was surprised. <laughs> Big old Jeffrey, but it was, it was awesome. And, and Chris and Kevin on the, on the call as well on the first night. <laughs> well, you know, you and I, have, we, we've both spoken, you've spoken to Kevin and I've spoken to Chris. And, you know, I think we, we were both impressed with the, the characters that we found. Yeah. So it's, you know, if they're, if they're saying stuff and Jeff's saying stuff, then, you know. It, it, you, it speaks volumes, doesn't it? It's drawing you in a particular yeah. in a particular direction. Let's put it that way. Okay, what else we got left on the list? I know the biggest thing on the list, certainly if you're a fan of Choco Pro and you're a fan of the wrestling podcast, is our man Balianaki oh, is over in the US going full Takeshita. And it's awesome. We're just following his... Uh, journey on twitter he's keeping us updated wrestling a few matches for AEW by the looks of it got a match coming up on dark against angelico that sounds brilliant yeah so really well, nice get me to, to watch dark Aki for the first up. time in i don't know how <laughs> i love him man i love this whole you know folks going on excursion for a couple of months it's so exciting because i mm. love seeing where take's popping up and now yeah. where aki's popping man, up and like show to the follow soon shows yeah. going on excursion as well like it, it it seems to be just like all the nice boys uh, are going on excursion. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I'm pretty pumped for, I mean, you know, there's the, the match in Deadlock Pro, Aki versus Calvin Tankman. I mean, this is combining some of our, some of our absolute favorites. Yeah. You know? I think both men were on the first happy list from memory. Yes. And um, I think that would so. be such an interesting match as well, because bulk of the time we've, we've kind of watched Aki work. He is the bigger, stronger competitor like a lot of the time so like mm. or is 
kind of on par. So seeing him work against Calvin Tankman, where he's going to be substantially <laughs> smaller than than Calvin, like I'm really interested to see him wrestle like from underneath. Yeah, it will be interesting. I hope he doesn't just get squished. I think he's going to be great in this yeah. role because he does have that baby face fire and he's a very good sympathetic wrestler like you, 100%. he makes you feel he makes yeah. you invest in him so having to as you say fight from beneath against a, a monster like tangman i think he's gonna be brilliant i'm i'm super pumped for that match great matchmaking yeah. i don't see him winning it it'd be amazing if he did but you know um i think just a good showing against a guy that's pretty much on the cusp of doing something massive in the yeah. states you know i think tankman's been on the bubble probably for too long he's ready to go i think and and take over and be sort of you know like we were talking about with um alex and chris you know like, like the, the the sort of the starter the for the states yeah. you know he's the guy but yeah i think it's going to be an absolute killer match and then also i saw that he's going to be in uh, garden state yeah. as well teaming up with one of my favorites in heaven monroe who i think is a a wrestler that doesn't get enough love mm. um really good in the ring and just you know heaps of charisma i'm staggered that she hasn't been picked up by a, a tv promotion yet in all honesty but yeah i think that's gonna be a lot of fun as well so i just love seeing this guy picking up bookings obviously yeah. there's more to come but it's very very cool hopefully we'll be able to check in with him whilst he's over there and you know hear a bit more about what's going on behind the scenes yeah. but yeah it's just lovely to see him I'm having just, a good time and i'm just excited for more people to know the name balianaki and yeah, just see definitely. how good he is. 100%. And, and in turn, know the name of Choco Pro, the good name yes. of Choco Pro. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so sweet. The picture of like him and Emmy at, you know, sitting in the stands at AEW and, you know, like, yeah, I'm just really just so pumped for him and, you know, want this to just be the best possible time out there. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. Absolutely. So good on Yaki. Keep going, my friend. You're doing good stuff somebody else that's going to be on excursion in the states very soon if not already is jungle kiona yeah oh my god how good is that like i'm so jealous for everybody that will get to kind of have you know get to see jungle kiona up close and personal just just think about this consider this for a second americans you've got take aki you're gonna have shota and you've got jungle mizuki's coming over soon like, yeah come on guys yeah, share a little bit with some of your friends from across the pond. Right? We're having a tough time over here. And, you know, just, just, just got out of a heat wave, you know. My, it's been, my, it's been a... my visa needs to come through quicker so I can go and live in the States. Oh, that's it. Jump ship. All right. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's cool, man. It's, I love seeing these folks get more recognition and more shine. So very yeah. cool. And and jungle that's that's big that's a big one yeah, um and i think she's gonna do bits over there i'm really mm. really pumped for that my question for you is who hits aw first jungle kiona or stardom Ooh, i would be shocked if while she's over there if while jungle's over there she doesn't have like at least a match on aw and so you know it might not be rampage or dynamite but I'd be absolutely shocked if she didn't pop up on like dark or elevation. Yeah, me too. It would seem like a massive waste, but yeah, I, it's, it's weird. Like strange things have happened in Jungle's career where, yeah. you know, been, companies for whatever one. reason haven't been able to see what seemingly everybody else can see. It's yeah. interesting. 
Um, so I certainly hope so. I'd love to see her get those opportunities, but also just do big bits on the indie scene. Absolutely. Um, you know, is it a case right. of her going over there to kind of set out her stool, so to speak, to the American promotions and be like, hey, sign me. I want to I want to be here. Or is it just a case of like, oh, I want to tr- travel and this is a way I can do it. You know, I can work and see America. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, yeah, time, yeah. time will no, tell, I, I guess. Yeah, 100%. So one thing before we signed off that I wanted to touch base with you on. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, we're closing in on August, which is crazy. So we're over the halfway point of the year. Where we stand at the second, who do you feel is currently in contention for happy list honours? It's a tough Gareth one. Gareth loves it when I throw these questions at him I know. preparation. <laughs> yeah, he absolutely, absolutely it. love it. Yeah, my favourite. Oh, you would not just... believe like what you're listening to now is not reflective of the amount of time it's going to take him to answer. So <laughs> Yeah, I've, I, there's been a lot of pauses edited out, I'm sure, at this point. If you just pause this podcast now and then come back in 10 minutes, that will be the that will reflect my experience of this conversation. Um, Keno is right up there for me. Hell yes, absolutely. Yeah. Take is huge, hugely up there for me as well. I th- I think Taki for me is near the top spot. He's yeah. he's in contention for the top so those spot. Those are the two that immediately spring to mind who I've just really enjoyed their journey this year. Yeah. I think um somebody else who mentioned on this this episode in Alex Windsor is probably up yes. there as well. Oh yeah. There's there's no way that she doesn't make that top ten, you know, like unless yeah, she, she not, yeah. kind of had some kind of meteoric fall from grace. There's like literally <laughs> no way she's not making that that list. Spoiler. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think so. I think, um, you know, May's done great stuff popping up in more or less every Joshi promotion available um, this year. So she's definitely in contention. Same with Aki as well. And, you know, we'll see how this play, this uh, US tour plays out, but you'd assume he's probably involved as well. Do they go in as a duo or have their paths been more separate this year? I'm probably leaning towards the latter there. So that'll be interesting. That's going to uh, maybe- squeeze the room for spaces. Maybe a, a Natsupoi, uh, maybe a Tekla. Yeah, yeah. Tam, Starlight Kid. It's gonna be there. gonna be a bit of a bloodbath having this conversation I, trying to whittle it down come December. I think it's gonna be rough. And you know, like, you know, Calvin Tightman. Yeah. It's gonna be a big name, you know. And um the other issue is as well, each successive year we do the list, we're both also watching more and more wrestling. This is <laughs> so the there's problem. more people to pick from. Yep, yep. The more you learn, the less you know. Yeah. And that's that's very much how it's going here. Do you know, I'm going to throw a random one in. And it, I feel safe throwing it in now because the likelihood is we probably won't actually make the list in, eventual, in all eventuality. But somebody that I would consider at this stage is John Moxley. Yeah. Yes, he's an AEW guy, but he's done GCW so work. much stuff on the indies, GCW, New Japan, and, and other indies on top of that as well. And he's always good value wherever he goes. Yeah. I think he's having, you know, if you're doing like a list that involves everybody, I think he has to be in your top three, if mm. not your mm. number one spot. You know, he's got to be in that. Con- he's, he's, he's up there. So he's another guy that would probably pop in as a bit of a, as a, bit of a wild card. But yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that episode. It's always the probably my favorite episode of the year. I better start putting my list together now. Like it might be ready in time for December. <laughs> All right, man. Just before we sign off, um, we should mention as well. You know, really enjoyed having that conversation with MCW champion uh, Mitch Waterman last week. If yep. you haven't had a chance to listen to that one, 
do have a look. Um, appreciate that everybody's as familiar with the Aussie scene, but it's a good one to get to know, and particularly if you're like us and you like finding the bands before they get to the number one spot, you know, think back to Adam Brooks and Slex, both have gone on to do stuff, you know, in the in the States and Japan, respectively. Brooks, he had that banger with um, Takeshita in DPW that I know a lot of you guys liked. And obviously Slexi did good stuff in Noah as well. And I suspect we'll be back there a couple of times this year. So I'm not saying that we uh, there's sort of any intrinsic link between appearing on this podcast and going on to two other things. But what I would say is that the Aussie scene, I think it speaks for itself that those guys are, have all gone on to do to do more. And I think Mitch will be a continuation of that as well. So yeah, Absolutely. good one to get to know ahead of time. And of course, on Saturday, we have the Ballroom Brawl event in MCW. That's going to be live on flight. It's going to be their first show that's ever gone out live on flight, I believe. So no waiting around uh, for it to be uploaded. You can just watch the whole thing as yeah. it happens. And I think it's going to be an awful lot of fun. So do check that out. Um, do consider making this your first purchase uh, with Melbourne City Wrestling because we, we do advocate for them. They are good stuff. Anyway, G-Money, anything else? Or are we going to wrap this bitch up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. It's, it's been really fun just sitting down and, uh, you know, going around the horn with you, so to speak, chatting all the yeah, no. different bits and pieces that have been going, going on. There's too much happening that we haven't had a chance to cover to like sit and review shows. We really need to just like talk about more just you know, broader context. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the scene is it's hot right now. I like these episodes the best to be honest with you. Just talk, you know, let's just pop a few topics on there. Let's just go around the houses. Yeah. I always enjoy doing these ones. Absolutely, so, same. Uh, particularly as I don't have to plan that much, um, <laughs> which is, which is quite enjoyable as well. Um, yeah, that's great. All right, friends, if you've enjoyed this episode, let us know. I would absolutely love to hear your respective thoughts on all the things we covered. Who do you think is going to come out on top in the G1, the M1, five-star GP, the Princess Cup? Who do you think is going to be next for Alex Windsor? Are there more titles in her immediate future? Where do you want to see Balianaki pop up? Did you already know that Jeff Cobb was a sassy man? Or has this been a broadside to you as it was to me? You know, all these things I would love to hear from you. Uh, where do you think Jungle Kiona is going to pop up? Let's hear it. Where would you like to see it? Um, you never know. We'll, we'll pump out on this here podcast and try and manifest these things into reality. But anyway, all that can be done by the following channels. We're on Twitter and Instagram. It's at WrestlingPod. That's Wrestling Without the E. Or you can send us an email, WrestlingPod at gmail.com. Again, Wrestling Without the E. WrestlingPod.com is the place to find all the links for places to listen to this podcast, the places that you could share this podcast or various podcast platforms where if you would be so kind as to leave a review or a rating, we'd be eternally grateful. It really does help us, particularly in securing interviews and things of that nature. And um, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. I'd say so. I've made it. I've yeah, made it. Good, okay. Good <laughs> you smashed it. Thanks, dude. Oh, great. I'll breathe now. All right, my friends, have a wonderful weekend. I uh, look forward to catching up with you guys on social media. And in the meantime, stay happy, stay safe, and enjoy the graps. <laughs>